Amen. Tonight we'll begin several weeks of preaching on a new sub-theme within our series on the Holy Spirit. Tonight I am preaching on God's gifts to the body for the purpose of establishing Jesus Christ as Lord. Also known as what? What are God's gifts to the body for the purpose of establishing Jesus as Lord? gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. Tonight, we're starting on a little sub-series on the gifts of the Spirit. That's exactly what the gifts of the Spirit are. They are gifts to the body for the purpose of establishing Jesus Christ as Lord. As we learn about these gifts, it's important to remember that these are God's grace gifts to us. These are not rewards for or indicators of spiritual maturity. They are gifts given to us, adult, child, to freely flow in so this world can see that Jesus is Lord, so that His church can be built up, can be strengthened, can be edified, and so that God is glorified. It's for that reason that the youngest Christian can be used in any of these ways. Including the utterance of wisdom. A word of wisdom. The walking in supernatural wisdom. It is not just for, for those who the world may see as wise. It's not just for, for the gray hairs who the Bible does tell us that it's a, it's a crown of, of splendor and there's wisdom there. But God does not discriminate. It's important as we study these gifts that we remember what the reasons are these gifts are given for. So why are spiritual gifts and gifts of the Spirit given? So we're going to focus on on five main passages that are going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to get them all this week. We're going to be patient with it. When we say, why are these spiritual gifts of the Spirit given? Number one, for the common good of believers. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I'm not reading the whole chapter this time. We'll get to them, but that's from 1 Corinthians 12, 7. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says that they are given for the building up and the edification of the church. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has... And that talks about gifts, 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 gifts. And it says, let all things be done for building up. These are given as a conscious exercise of faith. Friends, the gifts are given to us so that we have opportunity to walk in faith. Romans 12.3 says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone... And then he ends with this, to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. These are given to equip the saints and to build up the body. Ephesians 4.12 says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And above all, 1 Peter 4.11 tells us that these are given to glorify God, proclaiming His glory and His dominion that our God reigns. 1 Peter 4.11 says, In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to Him belong glory and dominion 
forever and ever. Amen. You know, I said it before when we were uh, teaching on, on the fruit of the Spirit. That the gifts of the Spirit aren't as a validation of our, our place in the Lord. It's not to validate our maturity. It's not to validate our place. It's not to validate anything. Because it's a gift. So before we proceed, we need to identify and clearly be on the same page about a defining trait of a gift. A defining trait of a gift is that it is given. It's given. It's not earned. It's given. That's why our little ones can can flow in things so that God is glorified, so that His church is edified, so that people see that our God reigns, that there's dominion. And same thing, if someone is saved straight from the pits of hell and they were the rowdiest sinner in the world, they can be used of God indiscriminately. Why? Because it's a sign to the world that our God reigns and it's an edification to the church. Wait a second, hold on. He shouldn't be he shouldn't be up there prophesying yet. I know what he did three hours ago before he gave his life to the Lord. So what? So what? You mean before he knew about the saving power of Jesus Christ that transforms lives and that sets him free before that? Absolutely. Let him get up and be a demonstration of God's power. Now we don't necessarily like that because in a certain there's at least a part of us that's like, no, you've got to earn something. You've got to earn the right to get up there and do that. And friends, gifts are not about what's earned. Tonight is my goal to let you see that there are more than just nine gifts of the Spirit. Tonight is my goal to, to start to stir and to communicate within you that in the Holy Spirit there is colorful variety of gifts. Within the things given by the Holy Spirit, there is great diversity in gifts. I'm going to focus on 1 Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12, 4 says this. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Oh, so there are nine. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, miracles, healings. I saw nine there. Friends, if that's all we're reading, if that's all we're pulling out of this passage, we're completely missing the theme. We're completely missing the introduction of a theme that permeates the entire book, and when we look at it, permeates the entire Word of God. The diversity 
of gifts. Paul spells out the diversity of gifts that God gives. The actual word for translated as varieties is diaresis. And it can mean either diversity, diversity of gifts, or assignments. Assignments of gifts. It speaks to the fact, I love, you know, diversity is what we're going to focus on tonight, but I just want to touch on the assignment of gifts. It speaks to our God knowing what every situation needs. I know what's needed right now. Michael's in the midst of this situation. I know what's needed for him to demonstrate my power. So for that assignment, for this moment, here you go, buddy. Walk in that. For this assignment, right now, that's what's needed. I don't know when the next time I'll I'll give it to you again. I mean, well, God knows, clearly. I'm me. But for that moment right now, you need this. Walk in it. Assignments. Diversities. There's different things that we need to walk in all the time. Oftentimes when we talk about gifts, we make this mistake. We say, my gifts. Oh, my gifts are this and this and this. As if they're ours, as if those are the only ones we have, and as if we got the monopoly on those. Friends, there's no good thing withheld from you. There might be gifts that you readily acknowledge that you flow in. And I do, for sure. Without a doubt, I know there are gifts that I flow in. But that doesn't mean that God has withheld any of these for me, because there are assignments and there are times when I need to walk in wisdom, and at that moment, I've got it. Supernatural wisdom. Discerning of spirits. Friends, I don't know that a believer can, a spirit-filled believer, I don't know that it's possible to live our lives without the discerning of spirits. Discerning what is God and discerning what is, what is evil. I believe this is one of those that we don't highlight, but we all walk in it. And there's different times we walk in different things. There are more than just nine gifts of the Spirit. God gives great variety and diversity of gifts. We'll we'll come back to this in a moment. So throughout the next several weeks, we will read five passages that discuss the gifts of the Spirit that God gives. Tonight we just simply begin with what's probably the most well-known, found in 1 Corinthians 12. But there are others. If you want to study along with us, here's here's where we're going to be. The next few weeks we will study 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Romans 12, 6. Ephesians 4, 7. And 1 Peter 4, 7. So if you don't, if you don't remember those, just choose a chapter of the Bible that ends uh, the 12th chapter and the 4th chapter of, of New Testament Bibles and you'll have a pretty good chance of grabbing one of these. At the end of this time, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, this will most likely end our series on the Holy Spirit. Most likely. When we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and we're talking about us not earning them or deserving of them. This is a key thing. They're not called the, the wages of the Spirit. It's not called the salary of the Spirit. Wages are something we deserve. Salary is something we've earned. 
It's something we've worked for. But in the context of the Bible, we see that in reference to the wages of sin. And the Bible says it's death. The wages of sin is death. What we've earned is death. What what, what we deserve was death on a cross. But that's not what we received because Jesus paid the price for us. Paul grows to great lengths to show that there is diversity in those gifts. If we continue reading it in 1 Corinthians 12, the very next verse, we see that there are four key verbs in the text which illustrate the sovereignty of God. So the very next verse, verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Down to verse 11. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Down to verse 24. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. And now a few more verses to verse 28. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. That verse has always been odd to me. Because he's, he's mixing categories. And I like, when I eat my food, I like, unless it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, I, I'll, I like a certain amount of segregation. You know, if I've got gravy on something, it really shouldn't be touching anything else. I mean, obviously the turkey can go into the gravy or the chicken, whatever, but, you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want my corn in with the gravy. I mean, I, I don't want certainly, you know, other sweet stuff. And it's all mixed up. He's appointed. Apostles, uh, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, different kinds of tongues. We'll get to that in a second as well. But reading those four voice, four verses that we read, did you catch the verbs that Paul used and the relation that it has, the connection that it has to God? Verse 11, God apportioned. God assigned. Verse 18, God arranged. Verse 24, God composed. Verse 28, God appointed. From beginning to end, from the smallest detail to the broadest scope of church life, friends, God is in control. God is in control. And having God in control ensures variety. Why? Because God is limitless in mercy. God is without limit in grace. He's always working out creatively new ways of demonstrating His love and truth and He includes every one of us in that plan. We are all called to demonstrate His love for crying out loud. It's one of our pillars. Demonstrative love for His lost. God includes us. Us. This diverse group. This colorful group. This qualified and unqualified group. This young and old group. He uses us. Let's go back to verse 4 and read that again, making sure that we don't miss those key words that declare God's diversity and how He uses us and equips us for His use. And once again, 
please note the way that Paul goes to great lengths in communicating the diversity of God and how he uses us. And note the emphasis that takes place before Paul gets to those nine spiritual gifts, okay? So back to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation, the making clear, the making plain, the making obvious. That's what the manifestation is. The demonstrating of the Spirit for the common good. So once again, we kind of see Paul's totally comfortable with just eliminating the boundaries of the TV dinner and just letting it all just blend in together. So it says, first of all, there are varieties of gifts. Verse 4, there are varieties of gifts. There are varieties of charismata, of, of, of charis is that word, of grace. The modern word for that word charis, it means a birthday gift. How awesome is that? It maintains the emphasis of this love gift from God, something that's given out of love. Paul wants his readers to understand that all the variety of God's grace is not a matter of earning his favor. The variety of the gifts given is not a matter of earning his affection. It's a birthday gift. Then he says, secondly, there are varieties of service. So if we can keep that that passage up uh, as we're reading. It says, first, there's varieties of gifts. Next, there's varieties of service. That word service is diakonia. It's the same word that we get deacon, the the root word for deacon from, servant ministry. There are varieties of service. Ways in which we can be servants and ministers to one another, of our neighbors, and of God. Paul is emphasizing the mindset towards the things of the Spirit, which he wants the Christians in Corinth to develop, and which God wants us to develop. If we read 1 Corinthians throughout, read it, you're going to see a theme of Paul given warning, of Paul given counsel to this church. They most likely saw the church as an arena for demonstrating their own talents, for demonstrating their own skills, almost a stage on which to perform. The links that Paul goes to, to to admonish them against this, demonstrates that. Friends, if we aren't if we aren't thoughtful and intentional about it, we can have the same temptation today. This is not a stage for us to demonstrate how skilled we are. This is not a stage to demonstrate our talents. It is all for the glory of God. It's all to be used as a personal touch for each one of us as believers or, or, or as as the loss. To know that our God is a God who loves and is real. And His touches are real and His power is real. Paul reminds us of our vital calling to be servants to one another. He then says this. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll wait a second. 
There are infinite and diverse ways in which the Holy Spirit will inspire willing servants to the kinds of diversity that's needed in ministry service. That theme of willingness. You guys, to flow in the things of the Holy Spirit requires willingness. To flow in the gifts of the Spirit requires willingness. To walk out the power of God requires a willing vessel that's willing to step out in faith. That's willing to step out in obedience and step out in power and be used of God. The agreement to that attitude of service loudly declares one thing. Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus has his way in my life. I am willing to be used by Jesus Christ in any way that he wants. That's the message it sends to one another when we serve, when we minister. That's the message it sends to a world. These guys are doing it for the sake of something bigger than them. And we need to let them know it's not for community. We need to let them know it's not for church. We need to let them know it's for Jesus Christ, for our King and His kingdom. I heard a quote that says, It's not a matter of waiting till something comes over me and forces me, but a readiness to give out what God has already placed inside of me. Friends, are we willing to give out what God has already placed in each one of us? It says, thirdly, there are varieties of working. That word is energenata. God's energy going to work within Christians and spilling out into the life of the community. Here, Paul is stressing the sheer power and permanent energy in each Christian through the Holy Spirit. You may not realize you have permanent energy. You may be tired. There may be days we're weary, but friends, we have the permanent energy of Jesus Christ in our life. His power coursing through our veins. The operation of God's Holy Spirit is not a spiritual theory. The operation of God's Holy Spirit is not theory, it's truth. It's not something to be debated as, oh, well, that, that's not the way I see things. It's truth. God is alive and at work and at active. And we need the demonstration of God's power and His love as much today as we did then. The Holy Spirit produces results, varied results, which can be noticed. What are the results of the Holy Spirit? Changed lives. Transformed relationships. Increasing congregations. Power-filled, effective testimony. And released talents. As each of these is energized by the Holy Spirit, and in these, the Lordship of Jesus Christ is demonstrated, we see God's diversity. And there are people who get released to walk in power. Once again, it's not about our earning. It's not about our worthiness. It's not about our spiritual maturity. A fourth phrase is used in verse 7, which also brings light to this fact. And it stresses the overall theme of community. It says, To each 
one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The common good. The common good. We talk a lot about community. The common good. Friends, our community needs to see that the Holy Spirit is alive. Our community needs to see that our God is real. Scottish theologian Tom Smale, who was a key figure to the charismatic movement in the United Kingdom, died in 2012. He wrote this, The Spirit must not be spiritualized. He operates in the body, and His business there is to produce visible glory, which all who have eyes for reality can see. It's not just some ethereal thing that the Holy Spirit is. It's reality. And it's for all to see. The Holy Spirit intends to make Himself felt and known through His gifts as well as through His fruit. Because too many times the church lacks credibility in the world because we refuse to let His gifts be seen. The church lacks credibility because we refuse to walk in the power of God. Uh, a church that proclaims the power of the Holy Spirit but doesn't walk in it is, is bland and disingenuous. A problem we face in the church is we wait for some Christian rock star to come in and display the gifts. Oh, well, let's wait for a prophet to come in and prophesy. Let's wait for someone with a healing ministry to come in and heal. Let's wait for... Well, that works for some of them, but how do we do it? Let's wait for someone with the gift of hospitality to come in and be hospitable. Let's, let's wait for someone with the gift of leadership to come in here and lead. It doesn't work for all the gifts, but we, we've taken the nine gifts found in 1 Corinthians 12, those gifts of the Spirit, and we wait for someone else to do them instead of us doing them. But you know what we've also done? We, we have made this a stage of sorts because we don't flow in the gifts at times Unless it's a word for the public. Unless it's a public word. And that is not that is not the way it's supposed to be. I loved, I laughed, I laughed when I saw Christine turn around and deliver a word to Andy in the middle of worship today. She might have been asking what he was doing for dinner. I don't know. I thought she was delivering a word. You know, um, she didn't wait. It wasn't a public word. She didn't come up here. It, it was a word from God to Andy that he chose Christine to minister. And she did it. Then God gave me a word for Jordan. I just I called him up and I just ministered it. It wasn't for the body. It was for him. And then there was a word for the body that came forth. First, actually, there were a couple and it just tied in together. Marie brought this encouragement. Christine followed. That was for the body. But too many times we refuse to minister the gifts of the Spirit unless it's in a corporate projection. Instead of going, Lord, what do you have? Oh, she needs prayer. She needs healing. Hey, I feel like the Lord wants me to pray healing over you. I'm just going to pray healing over you right now. But we also forget this. The gifts, yes, they are for the building up of the church. We saw that, right? I read that early on. read a couple verses. For the building up of the saints. The building up of the church. And that speaks to edification. That speaks to encouragement. But you know what also building up speaks to? Increase. Building up the church speaks of increase as well. And we're supposed to take the gifts of the Spirit beyond these doors and build up the kingdom. You see, the huge majority of people sitting in these seats right now 
They have faith firmly in the Lord. Looking around tonight, everyone in this place that I can see uh, has faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. The people sitting in this place tonight don't need a demonstration to be convinced of God's power. Right? You're already convinced. What about out there? They need to be convinced of a loving God, of a real God, with a demonstration of power. Paul even said, I don't come to you with eloquent words, but I come with a demonstration of the power of God. We're we're to build up the church by going out there and prophesying. By going out there and being hospitable. By going out there and walking in the gifts of who we are. We're to go out there and walk in the gift of being an evangelist. But I'm not an evangelist. It's listed here as a gift. It's not listed here. It's listed as a gift. When Jody Romero comes in and he pastors a church in Los Angeles, the gift that he brings, there'll be some that's pastoral because he's a shepherd. That's what being a, it's pastoral. They'll be part of the gift that he brings that's pastoral. But you know what? They'll be part of the gift that he brings that night that's apostolic. And part of the gift that he brings that night will be evangelistic. We flow in the gifts. Even, so even tonight, hey, so, so let's, let's, let's let the parameters be lifted of, of how we see the gifts of the Spirit. Let's let the parameters be lifted uh, of what we consider to be the diversity of the Spirit. Even as I stand up here tonight and I'm talking, for some, what I shared has been teaching. The gift of teaching has been manifest. For some, as I get up here and the exact same talk, it's been exhortation. For some, it has been prophetic. The Holy Spirit, remember you know the prayer I pray before every sermon, Holy Spirit, have your way, you speak that unique thing? For some of you, you have been spoken to prophetically by God, by the things I've said. Something's come alive and the Lord said, that's for you, that's for me. And it's been prophetic. Same words. Same words. I'm not controlling the gift. What I'm doing is being willing and I'm getting up and talking as the Holy Spirit has led me. The gifts that are applied to your life, the Holy Spirit applies. That's the diversity of God. Let's stop putting our our Holy Spirit in a box and saying He's got to move in these parameters. We just get up and move. We just get up and talk. We just touch. We just exhort. We just serve. We just minister. The diversity of the Holy Spirit is huge and outrageous. The gifts that we see, we see, and I'm just going to touch on these. I'm not reading them. We'll read them later. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8, uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, ability to discern or distinguish between spirits, gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says apostles, prophets, teachers, working of miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, tongues, all gifts. Remember, you know, the TV dinner, the, the, the walls tore down. In 1 Corinthians 14, 28, songs, hymns, 
teaching, a lesson, revelation. It says revelation. Does that speak to that gift of revelation? Does that speak to prophecy? Uh huh. Does it speak to discerning the spirits? Yep. Does it speak to word of knowledge? Yep. Does it speak to word of wisdom? Yep. Does it speak to something else? Yep. Why? Because our God is huge. And we don't have to put him in a box and put parameters. He wants to reveal to us, does he not? Then it says tongues. Then it says interpretation of tongues. That's repeated. Then it says, let all things be done for building up. Romans 12, 6. Gifts of the Spirit listed there. Prophecy in proportion to our faith. Service. Teaching. Exhortation. A gift of the Spirit. Exhortation. That's crazy. Crazy talk. I thought that was just a cool thing to do. No, it's a gift of the Spirit. Giving. And generosity. Some of us have a spiritual gift of giving. Leadership with zeal. That also covers governing and administration. Acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Friends, it's a gift of the Spirit to do acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Many of us can do acts of mercy out of obligation. But to do so with cheerfulness. It's a spiritual gift. Then Ephesians 4 says these are gifts of the Spirit. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, or shepherds, and teachers. It calls them gifts. They're gifts. Then in 1 Peter 4, 7, it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Sincere love covers a multitude of sins. Once again, we see that love is closely tied with how we're to walk in the gifts. We covered that very thoroughly in our section on the fruit of the Spirit. Love is tied in to how we are supposed to walk in the gifts. And then it says that there are gifts of hospitality without grumbling, prophecy, serving by the strength that God supplies. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace, is what First Peter 4.7 goes. Guys, there's more than just nine gifts of the Spirit. There's, just more, there's more than just nine. And, and if we added these up, there's more than just these. There's more than just these. God gives as He appoints. God gives as He desires. God gives as the opportunity provides. But what we need to stress here is that our big God needs a willing vessel. Our big God needs a willing vessel who's willing to walk in faith and to step out in faith, who wants to see the church edified, the church encouraged, wants to see the church built up, but also wants to see the church built up by others coming to Him. And above all, a church, a willing vessel who wants to see Jesus Christ glorified. Jesus Christ acknowledged that He has dominion, that He is Lord, that He reigns.